We got track news for you. Everybody, it's Trek News with Soy Trek. Yeah. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Pat. Welcome to the bridge. We have ads now, as you may have noticed. You don't want ads? Well, Soyagers, for as little as $2 a month right over at patreon.com slash BS, you can subscribe to our Patreon and not only get ad-free episodes, but you also get our episodes the moment I dumb making them. Mm. Instead of uh, waiting, them out, uh, waiting for them to trickle out during the week. Mm-hmm. Like uh, lube from my bottom's buttholes. (laughs) And uh, regret from my bottom's minds. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, By the way, everybody, we have a a new uh, permanent guest host to the podcast. Uh, Patrick, why don't you introduce your friend? Patrick, Patrick, in fact, got a slide whistle, and I could not be more overjoyed. I'm sure by like the third episode, I'm going to be like, Patrick, shut the fuck up with the slide whistle. You're going to snap but, it in half. Yeah, but, but for now, the novelty is getting me horny. Yeah. I gotta say, it's it's real. Wonderful. When I showed it to you, I, I, your eyes lit up like it was Christmas morning. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, I, I felt like fucking Tiny Tim uh, getting to not starve for Christmas. I was just like, oh, oh, a goose, a goose. Uh, I was real jazzed. Still am. Still yeah, am. yeah. For now, until you snap, inevitably snap it in half uh, yeah. and throw it out the window. I'm going to like stomp it on the ground and like eat a piece of it. And I'll be like, now you can't even reconstruct it, Patrick. Fuck the slide whistle. <laughs> But no, but for now we love slide whistle. Yeah. <laughs> also, other uh, other benefits you get from the Patreon. Um, you uh, get everything in high quality stereo MP3 instead of that shitty mono trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, if you pay ten dollars a month, you get access to my Plex server, mm. which has an incredible wealth of shows and uh, movies, more movies yeah. than any uh, streaming service out there. Pretty much shows I forgot about. Everyone existed. forgot about like 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 what's uh, what's what's stuff that you you just saw that, or that you've seen lately that you're like what the fuck? Uh, pretty much a lot of like cartoons I completely erased from my memory. I mean, there's a I got a ton of like Hanna Barbera cartoons. There's a ton of like weird Hanna Barbera stuff. Oh, I got mm-hmm. all the Wacky Races. Ooh, yeah, Wacky Races is fun. Every I love Dick Dastardly so much. And here's the thing: like watching Wacky Races, it's it's interesting how they stigmatize. Dick Dastardly, very specifically, right? Mm. And they're like, oh, he's the villain. He's doing villainous stuff. He does the exact same kind of hijinks everyone else in their other mm-hmm. cars do. I'm tired of this dick shaming. No, exactly. No, 100%. <laughs> they're dick shaming. For me, I personally think it's because he's obviously Dutch. Yes. Like, no one has a mustache like that and no. a get up like that. He's fucking wearing a scarf in the summertime. Mm-hmm. He's fucking Dutch, right? Yeah. Yeah, but so it's it's a weird anti-Dutch sentiment, in the, and you don't see that a lot in media. You no. should probably more often. You don't see a lot of Dutch racism. No, you should though. In fact, you probably see more racism coming from the Dutch. Oh, <laughs> a million percent more racism coming from the Dutch. Maybe that's why they don't like him so much because they know he's racist. I mean, is he racist? He's the only one. Well, he's Dutch. Well, he's the. Only, <laughs> I feel like he's the only like person riding in a car with an actual different race, though. A dog? Mut- yeah. yeah. <laughs> a sentient dog, Muttley. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, no. And so he's definitely not racist, whereas, like, everyone else is, like, paired up. Mm. It's just, like, a bunch of white people in cars together. And then there's, like, the Italian-Americans mm. in the car together. Mm. Obviously the mafia guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the two cavemen sticking to their own kind there. Speaking of which, I also got Cavemen, the very short-lived ABC show, wow. based off of the Cavemen from the Geico commercials in the mm. early 2000s. You know who one of the Cavemen is, who we were talking about earlier? Nick Kroll. Nick fucking Kroll, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like fascinating, because he's like still the same Nick Kroll, mm-hmm. just like with... It looks like a caveman. It's yeah, that was before, so stupid. That, that was yeah, that was before he became like a household name. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not a household name, exactly. No. He's like well-known within comedy. It was shortly after his dad helped to facilitate 9-11. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, we we love that. I mean, so he was still- so, so straight up, look up Nick Kroll dad yeah. on Google. I mean, we're not. I'm not saying he did 9/11. Yeah. I'm just saying he is involved in a lot of interests that benefited immensely from 9/11. <laughs> yeah. Enough to the fact where to, up to the point where he was able to do a show on Netflix with gratuitous child nudity. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> I was we, like, we love to hear that, folks. Did, didn't that we? show get very weird very quickly? <laughs> Wait, which one was it? Uh, Big Mouth. Oh, I never watched it. Uh, oh. It's about puberty, though, so... Oh yeah, there's but there's lots of like graphic child nudity. Like I don't on. like that at all. I was just like, how is this show on TV? I in fact <laughs> very much dislike that. Yeah, I don't. We don't like child nudity at all. No, <laughs> that's bad. Uh, so anyway, so back to our Patreon. <laughs> uh, other benefits: uh, you uh, you don't have to listen uh, to the show in mono. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to it and you have ads, guess what? You're listening to it in mono, buddy. Ugh, the, mono. The, the fucking right. The Beatles stopped doing mono in like 1966. Wow. And so, I mean, that was fucking what? Like almost 60 years ago now. So, you're you're fucking almost ready for social security if you're still fucking <laughs> listening to shit in mono. Get into the future. Start paying content creators, my friends. <laughs> mhm. I'm not I'm not shaming you into it. But, no. you know what? It would be really cool if you gave us like $5 a month. You know who mm-hmm. does? People like Dan Morrison, Dylan Lance, Ian Killia, Joanna Hearn, Jordan Hale, Nick Savard, Shane Sawyer, and David Groening Seats. Uh, all of whom uh, should enjoy uh, a wonderful soliloquy performed on the mandolin and with a voice. Aww. So if you are a bard of sorts and willing to um, regale a, a tale of, of fame and woe, uh, to to one of those people, and they're consenting. I think you should do that. Yeah, give them, give them a nice heroic ballad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, one about them even. Yeah, yeah. Because they're heroes. Because yeah, you know, they pay content creators, <laughs> and that's pretty cool. You know what? And they rock. If you're listening to this, I bet you do pay content creators, but you mm-hmm. only pay them to to show them your butthole. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's cool. I, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sex workers deserve money, mm-hmm. more money than us, because we're just you know. Whatever, jerking off, but on yeah, audio. Yeah, in fact, people pay me to, to not see my butthole. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> if you want me to not start posting uh, <laughs> Pat's butthole to all of our socials, subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, Otherwise, it's a, it's, my butthole's a threat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this, is, this is now blackmail. Literally, literally <laughs> we, we will make our Patreon the only space on the internet without pictures of Pat's butthole. Mm-hmm. That's a promise. That is that is, that is the soy that's trek the soy promise. Trek. That's the dumb idiot BS <laughs> promise. So... <laughs> uh yeah all those people pay five dollars a month or more and uh, we appreciate them so much thank mm-hmm. you uh once again that is patreon.com slash dumb idiot bs once again that's patreon.com slash dumb idiot bs for all those things and more Woo-hoo! we actually do have a lot more we have a bunch of bonus content from either podcast and stuff a bunch <laughs> of weird cool interviews with cool internet personalities like uh rad milk and cool shrek Mm. Um, fucking cool meme folks. Mm. We, uh, have uh, have you not listened to the cool Shrek stuff? I'm not. Uh, we talked with her for like three hours about quicksand fetish stuff. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It's very fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's a whole like fetish corner of the internet that I've yeah. There's specifically one <laughs> one like comment board, a forum that's been going on for years, and I've been aware of it for a while now, mm-hmm. and I I just love it. It's, it's is it they of, just find like different media that has people in quicksand? Uh, there's that, and there's also like a place down in Arkansas, like a compound where they have like twelve or thirteen different types of pits with different because. Oh, and then people pay uh, to get stuck into yeah, it. So, so I'll just, um, I'll, I'll just give you a code and um, have you get on there and listen to it because we explain it all. It's fascinating. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there's a bunch of great fucking content on there. So if you if you want, go ahead. Just two dollars a month. You know, that's twenty four dollars a year. What's that cheap anymore? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's twenty four dollars for a year's worth. Yeah. Oh, except for socks. You can get a year's worth of socks for twenty four bucks. I think. That's true. Yeah. Oh man, I should do that. You could eat it, get a burrito and take a bite out of it, like a little tiny bite out of it every week. Yeah. And then just put it back into your freezer and then just take it out, just take a bite out of it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking World, World War II burrito rationing over here. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing, guys? It's your year long burrito. Uh, yeah. Sorry, did I, did I just touch your foot with my foot? Yes. That's cool. We had a moment. We had, we had, we had a moment, everybody. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> now, now the other one. There we go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know about you. Uh, so uh, let's start some uh, with some trick news. Yeah. There's some actually pretty exciting stuff. 
Uh, according to uh, trekmovie.com, title here is uh, Star Trek 2023 cast reportedly surprised by movie announcement. So uh, mm. last week, uh, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> this is from exactly a year ago. Oh. <laughs> Oops, I, I was really excited for that. Yeah, no. yeah, they've stopped that movie so many times that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we're a real professional. I literally read that entire article and did not realize <laughs> it was dated 2022 because it doesn't it doesn't say anything about it anywhere. They just talk about how the movie has been like changed hands several times, and I was mm. like, yeah, it has. Uh, and then they named all the people, and I'm like, yeah, it's been all those directors it's been attached to. Uh, wow, I've I probably maybe even read that article last year. Could have, could have. Okay, well here's here's one uh, an article dated January twenty third of twenty twenty three. Oh, good. So, so this is is new. Um, yeah, what day is it? Uh, it is the twenty fourth. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, so this is an exclusive to Trek Central, and uh, it says mm. new faces join Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. We got a oh. couple new actors joining a permanent cast. Oh shit! Yeah. So, uh, well, all eyes may be on Star Trek: Picard, uh, debuting what three weeks from now, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're looking further into 2023. The second season of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds is coming soon. However, new faces join Star Trek with today's exclusive reveal. Trek Central has learned that Noah Lamana and Adelaide Kane will join the Captain Pike series. Mm. Additionally, we've got an insight into who Noah might be playing in an upcoming second season. So, uh, oh, so it doesn't have who they're playing yet. Mm, uh, well, we'll we'll get to that. His name's Noah Lamana. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, uh, whenever new faces join Star Trek, we love to learn about them. The new Star Trek family is so welcoming to new talent. A fact that both series leads Anson Mount and Ethan Peck echoes recently. However, what do we know about Noah Lamana? Mm. Based in Toronto, Canada, Lamana is a gender queer actor. Mm. We love to see it represent unless you fucking do some discovery ass bullshit <laughs> um additionally they use they them pronouns hell oh, okay. yeah as do i <laughs> maybe we should make out about it Lamana, <laughs> uh as a randolph academy lamana for... lamata yeah i'm trying to do a thing i mean lamana lamato i don't know click lamato lamato lamana well i just looked on internet movie database and they're playing a character named chief J. yeah correct yeah um so currently it appears they will play a character named Chief J. However, oh, yeah. does that mean they are the USS Enterprise's new transporter chief? Uh, because currently the role is held by Andre Day Kim as Chief Kyle. Oh, yeah. Although Chief is like a title for a lot of uh, enlisted members. Uh, mm. And so, um, or uh, N- NCOs, um, mm. non-commissioned officers. So, um, I know everyone loves uh, Chief Kyle. Uh yeah, no no one loves Chief Kyle. Oh, I I saw I've seen discussion where everyone's like thirsty for Chief Kyle. Oh okay. Yeah, I don't I haven't seen much discussion. Oh uh, yeah, Kyle. people are like, mm, want me some Chief Kyle? Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I don't I don't pay a whole lot of attention to like um like I don't know like ship and thirst mm-hmm. internet stuff. I I mean I make like very thorny memes, but I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of silly to me, and it's a bunch of like. There's a lot of slash fix stuff there. Which mm-hmm. is whatever. That's that's its own thing. Not my thing. <clears throat> anyway, um, there is another option though uh, to being the transporter chief, and this has to do with Captain Kirk himself. Uh, we know Kirk would be in Star Trek: Strange New Worlds thanks to Paramount's early announcement. However, it's quite possible he'll be commanding his own ship, uh, not the Enterprise just yet, uh, but rather the USS Farragut. Mm. Uh, therefore, we could see more members of Kirk's crew on board the starship. Uh, additionally, filming leaks from 2022 show Kirk running around the uh, with the Farragut logo, or rather something that looks like the USS Farragut insignia behind him. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we also have uh, Adelaide Kane. So um, Adelaide Kane is beaming aboard for the series' second season. Trek Central learned that the Australian actress will star in at least uh, one Strange New Worlds episode. Kane is well known for her uh, role as the series lead in Rain. Have you heard of that at all? Rain? Rain, R-E-I-G-N. Mm-mm. 
I, I wonder if it's about horses. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, however, this will be her first adventure into the Star Trek universe. Yeah, I guess she was in This Is Us. Uh, yeah, she also just joined the Grey's Anatomy cast as a medical intern. And that shows, I think, on its like 20th season now. Yeah, that's insane to me because I remember <laughs> watching that like years ago in Baltimore. Like, I didn't have cables, so I only got one channel. It was the mm-hmm. channel that played, played Grey's Anatomy, and just and that channel just seemed to play play like constant um, um, marathons of Grey's Anatomy. So that's the only show I watched. Hmm. And when I heard that it was still on just the other day, I was like, "That's it. That seems impossible to me." It's yeah, it's. And then it still has like the Meredith Gray in it. I was like, damn. Yeah, but uh, so Strange New Worlds is still in production. I'm not sure exactly what uh, stage of production it is this year, but given the time schedules they usually have, I almost expect it to be announced pretty much as soon as Picard airs mm-hmm. and probably air right after Picard ends, like it did last year, which would uh, line it up for, I think, a um, May debut. Hmm. We'll <clears throat> which, see. which will be nice because it'll be like. Depending on how bad uh, Picard is, mm-hmm. it could this will be like a nice, nice breath of fresh air as it was last time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like that. That was the only thing that kept me going because, like, basically, uh, I think I've told this story on here, but like, I started this podcast uh, with Spencer back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, specifically because uh, season two of Picard was so bad. Yeah, and we needed to shit on it, <laughs> but then like. We watched it, and then at the end, uh, you know, on the the day it ended, we were like, "What the fuck?" And then mm-hmm. Strange New Worlds played right after, and we're like, "That was uh, that was actually really great." Yeah, which uh, very surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, who's surprising that like, came out recently who said they didn't like Strange New Worlds was Mike from Red Letter Media. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on the video. He I- he said he tried watching a couple episodes and couldn't get into it. Um, yeah. I, I don't really understand his criticisms too well. I don't think he gave it a fair shot, honestly. I don't, I don't think so either. Because it, it finds itself... <clears throat> yeah, I, I do get that there are... There's, like, one or two soy episodes of... Yeah. A, a, like, a show. And I actually... I remember, like... Which when, seems almost impossible to fully cleanse out of... Modern me- media. Yeah, their media yeah, now. And that's a, yeah, I... Um, <clears throat> so I actually gave a most soy uh, moment mm-hmm. of the episode for, I think, all ten episodes yeah. when we reviewed them. And, like... I don't know if I'll keep doing that. I might keep doing that. But, like, mm-hmm. there were some episodes where there were, like, no soy moments. There was one episode, though, that was almost entirely soy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was it was very, uh, you know, the, the season wasn't perfect. But for a first season of a Star Trek show, it was maybe the best first season. Of yeah, Star Trek I, show. I thought, I, I mean, I felt it was very engaging. It's like the series I think I'm most excited for. Yeah. Yeah, and... I, I'm excited to see what they do with Picard season three. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm not oh, yeah, I mean, hopeful because it was done back to back and by the same production team as season two, which I thought was not good. No, and and people are like, oh, but they're bringing back uh, the original cast. I'm like, yeah, but like they had Q and Guinan <laughs> and fucking Seven of Nine last mm-hmm. season, and like no matter how many awesome legacy characters they had, and when Brent Spiner was there like the entire season yeah. too. <clears throat> And it was still like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. yeah, like oh, Whoopi and Q, and like that's a, and those are the two people you feel would like just bring it no matter what is like Whoopi and Q, yeah, and yeah. both of them were just like lackluster. And I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna blame it on them. No, I don't blame no, it on them either. Q I mean, actually, like Don, John Delancey specifically, his acting was great. He turned oh, yeah. out for acting. I mean, his. I mean, it's definitely the material they're given because, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, just how confusing and just bullshit the script was for season two. It's like you know, you couldn't give that to anybody and make it sound good. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I feel like it could have been done if they cleaned it up a lot. And all, it suffered some from so many things. I feel like overblown budget, high expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like. Uh, it was obviously done in pandemic era, and so there yeah. was so it, it felt so empty so much of the time. Yeah, I mean, was a, yeah, it was, was supposed very, to be L.A. and uh, yeah, and and like and like during like and as we saw in the previous in um previous uh foray into twenty twenty four, you know, the and and um DS nine and DS nine, like yeah. the streets are just like packed with people. Who yeah, hundred percent. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, and this and, is twenty twenty three. Year before that, no, it was twenty twenty four. 
Oh, was this 20? Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. And and there was nobody on the street of L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and okay, well, and it's, you know, you're supposed to like show that there's a, a homeless pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, and just like there's nobody. There's no homeless people. But. Cool. Uh, <laughs> very cool, uh, Picard. Um, so uh, we got uh, an article here about uh, Star Trek Prodigy, an interview mm. with um, the Haig brothers. Uh, mm. Kevin and um, what's the other guy's name? Dan. Dan. Dan and Ke- Dan. <laughs> uh, double Dan. Um, so it treks Trek talks too in a follow up <laughs> podcast with Mission Log, the co creators of Star Trek Prodigy, brothers Kevin and Dan Hegman, uh, along with executive producer and director Ben Hibben, offered some hints about what's coming in season two of the show. They also opened up about their hopes to continue the show and maybe even see it on a big screen. Which, uh, I'm, I'm hmm. down with that. I could be down with a Prodigy movie. Yeah. Especially if they limit it to two seasons and then wrap it up with a movie. That'd be sick. And then maybe do additional movies. I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if this story is meant to go super long, and I don't know if I want it to go super long. And yeah, what, it does. It does feel like it's working towards a towards a conclusion. Right, and that's one thing I'll give. Um, Alex Kurtzman a little bit of credit for is like I feel like uh, one good thing he's done is realized that like something should have a definite end mm-hmm. and I, I know he's trying to push Discovery past season five but I I don't know we'll see we'll see a lot of people are saying this is gonna be the last one it hasn't been renewed for season six yet so yeah we'll see be cooler if he did <laughs> yeah we'll see what if, what if what if season five of Discovery is incredible. Yeah, I, that that would be surprising, you know. It'd make it maybe worth it. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I watched. I mean, I watched season three and season four. Like season one, season two. Like I remember moments from it, but season three and season four just like seem did not connect with me at all. Okay. Like I know that there's some things that happen, but I'm just like I couldn't tell the episodes apart if I if you put a gun to my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like it's just like I, I feel it's definitely a show that should have an end. And just like absolutely focus focus more of their efforts on you know stuff that's w- working very well, which mm-hmm. is lower decks, um, Strange New Worlds, and Prodigy, which are all excellent. Yeah, absolutely. like they're all excellent shows. At, at, at the same time, I feel like except for Strange New Worlds, Strange New Worlds could go a good seven seasons. I oh think. yeah, absolutely. I, I and I hope it does. Yeah, I see it as being like being like a normal run, like you know um, TNG, DS9, yeah. or Voyager. I, I feel like lower decks is. A lot of the storylines that they've been building from the beginning are starting to come come to their conclusions. Mm-hmm. I'm I feel like that one should probably be five seasons. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. I, I mean, I I love the show and it keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. But in order to not make it a Rick and Morty and overstay its welcome, I feel like it should finish up everything it's been building to. Um you know, and they've already resolved a bunch of stuff like mm-hmm. uh, Mariner kind of wanting to get away from Starfleet and try yeah. something else. And, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, fucking um, basically I feel like uh, the only one they haven't fully fleshed out is maybe like Boimler and Tendi. Mm-hmm. But like uh, fucking Rutherford, like the entire last season, like the main story mm-hmm. arc was kind of centered around him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, um, yeah, they could they could do a lot of uh, stuff with that one. They could do yeah. a lot of stuff with all the shows. Although I don't want them to do a lot of stuff with all the shows. No, yeah. I feel like Prodigy should wrap itself up, uh, you know, probably at the end of the season. Maybe do some movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe some spinoffs, too, then. Because I really like the Hagman brothers. I fucking really like what they do with mm-hmm. the Star Trek universe. I like the format of 3D stuff. They're very good at making something super presentable and mm-hmm. almost movie quality. Yeah, and I can see that. You know, I, I think, like, uh, they are probably, like, drawn to make a movie with the Prodigy uh, material because you know yeah. like like uh into the spider verse you know the miles oh, yeah, yeah yeah the miles morales um mm-hmm. uh um animated uh movie did very well i think both of them have done really well yeah yeah super well and uh, uh, one of them's the highest selling movie of all time avatar mm-hmm. 2 just crossed one of them yeah. yeah and puss in boots is also doing very oh, actually, well uh, no no that not the animated one maybe i don't know yeah don't but know. like you know that that sort of like that has a lot mm-hmm. of appeal you know kids mm-hmm. you know 
they got their parents' money to spend. They do. <laughs> it's just like, they do. it's like, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't even know if kids like this show. <laughs> I know, I, honestly, I, don't I know either. a lot of adults on Twitter and shit that love this show, and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, watch like when they do release a movie and we go see it in theaters. We're gonna be <laughs> just oh, gonna be a bunch of other thirty and forty year olds. Just and we're just gonna <laughs> give them the nod, and they're gonna be like, "Cool shirts, cool and shirts." We're like. Here's here's a discount code. Yeah. <laughs> I see you brought your Murph plushie as well. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, during the Trek Talks panel, executive producer Kevin Hageman uh, summed up how the second season of 20 episodes is different than the first season of Prodigy, saying, mm. quote, season one, if you boil it down, it's a bu- about a bunch of kids who steal a ship in the adventures that unfold. In season two... We just felt like, what's the next step of evolution of youth, of education, of growing up? Mm. And we're going to earn a ship in season two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that. This yeah. like, especially for a kid's show, like, going with, like, you know, checkpoints in life and, like, life progression mm-hmm. stuff. That's, that's, that's really cool. I, yeah. I, I like that philosophically, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he also offered some details about we can, uh, what we can expect in season two, saying, quote, in season two, uh, you're going to see there's a lot of unanswered questions by the end of season one. Essentia is still out there somewhere floating around. She's still alive. There's the promise of a new ship. There's Gwyn flying off to Solom to try uh, to do what her father could never do. Season two is going to be really exciting because it's going to feel like a new chapter. We're diving into new territory, but it feels like a continuation of season one. And so I think by the end of season two, it's all going to just feel like this gargantuan epic piece. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. In their Mission Log podcast interview, the brothers emphasized how the season is designed to feel very different. Uh, quote, Dan, I'm excited for season two. As excited as I was for people to watch season one, I think initially our team was like, wait for season two. We all love the cast and crew and we love these characters and it's a totally different adventure quote kevin with season two dan and i wanted to make sure that season two didn't feel like it's the exact same thing i hate it when the seasons blur together and you have no idea what the season was which and it all kinds of happens and it's all the same one Mm -hmm. so we try to really keep the dna of season one and say what's the next chapter i apologize for making this comparison to star wars god forbid (laughs) <laughs> but when you watched Empire Strikes Back, I remembered uh, well, like because it was on Hoth and it had these different aspects to it from A New Hope. Mm-hmm. That was very different, um, and so we definitely wanted to make sure that season two had its very own flavor. I like that. That's yeah. that's great thinking. Mm-hmm. I feel like each yeah each season should be like a concept album in a way. Like yeah, it should have yeah it's the same characters and everything, but it should have a purpose and not just be like a direct continuation with mm-hmm. no like real beginning and ending arc to it. Yeah, put them in like a completely different situation than mm-hmm. the first one and introduce new characters, new yeah, new troubles new, and new situations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. So um and you know it's like one of the best shows at that, especially mm-hmm. after like season 3 is DS9. Yeah. Like cuz DS9 seasons 4 through 7 uh are all about the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. But they all have different sort of arcs to them that all resolve in different ways. Like mm-hmm. And my, my, oh man, my favorite is probably like season five or six because those deal most heavily with Klingons and like with Worf and mm-hmm. Jet Z especially. Yeah, yeah. And we fucking love that shit. And like yeah. Worf, you know, being exiled and then like a bunch of shit with his brother and then like him like coming. Uh, and like the small re reemergence of a war between the Federation and the Klingons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then like. You know, the fake Gowron, fake Martok, mm-hmm. real Martok. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, oh man, so much good shit in there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and then season seven's fine, but that's like a lot about like fucking uh, Odo being diseased and shit. Yeah. And then like Ezri. It, mm-hmm. I, we love Ezri. Ezri's, yeah. Ezri's cute as a button. Yeah, she's awesome. But Jedzia. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want, I want. Uh, yeah, I was thinking all I've ever seen that actress in was like, DS9 and then Cube. She Oh, she was in Cube. Mm-hmm. Cube's awesome. Cube rocks, yeah. Wait, is she like She's the Yeah, yeah, is she like Wait, that movie's in like Spanish or something, right? Mm. No, no, I'm no. thinking of No, I'm thinking of uh the other one. 
the platform. Oh yeah, I saw the platform. The yeah. platform was really good. No, yeah, she's in Cube. I think it's Canadian because like um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think because uh, also has like the the dude who was in um, uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Right, and it, it's also mm-hmm. Canadian because like they made it as a horror movie, like suggesting that that's like somehow scarier than an American prison. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm like, what? <laughs> what? No, that's that's not. There's nothing. That's fine. That's just a regular prison. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> this is not regular regular ass prison in America. Yeah, that's a, just a supermax. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you not know about like solitary confinement? You can't move from the room at all ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, back. To the panel, uh, Kevin and Ben gave an update on the current state of production for season two. Quote, Kevin, we don't even know when it's going to get released. We're hoping it will be in 2023 later this year. We're starting to mix the very first episodes of season two right now. So we should have things ready later this year. But that's all up to the networks and the overlords of Star Trek because you want to try to pace out each of the shows, right? You don't want all the Trek shows to drop at the same time. Yeah, that's very true. Very true, yeah. Um, I do like how they stagger it. Yeah, me too. And I actually really liked how they had it as like kind of the filler Star Trek between seasons of other Star Trek. Because mm-hmm. technically, it uh, the first season came in three parts. Like yeah. The first part was like the end of 2022. And then they paused for like, I want to say like November, December or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they came back uh, like right before Picard started last year. Uh, and then ended until like, you know, the end of this year mm-hmm. when we watched it. and yeah, it's was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, um, quote, Ben Hibben, who's the director and executive producer on all, a lot of it. Um, we have multiple episodes in different stages of production all at once. That's what happens when you work on a TV show. The different stages of production roll into each other. So you suddenly find yourself with 14 or 15 episodes in production at one time. So right now we've locked uh, animatic storyboarding... <coughs> Um, on the first, uh, on the entire 20 episodes. So we are on the tail end of that. And on the front end, uh, we are doing the final mix on episode one and two next week. So we have the final picture on the first two, and we're getting finished animatic on the last two. So that's how wide of a breadth you have in terms of where the season is. So every piece kind of gets locked into place, but the production is in full swing, basically. Um... Yeah, so I'm, mm. I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I I loved how like Prodigy just got better and better right up until the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was genuinely surprised because like, I think I probably mentioned it like how like I tried watching the first episode and I thought it was too much like Star Wars. Oh yeah, same here. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it, I was just like, was, okay, but... it's for. I was like, okay, it's for kids, you know. Mm. Obviously, it's not for me, and I just didn't watch it until you were like, all right, we got to watch <laughs> Prodigy. I'm like. All right, and then like I was actually genuinely surprised. I was like loving it, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's definitely you know one of my favorite shows. I'm, I'm looking forward to more, and you know, if they do movies, I'll be right there with a hundred percent. No, with, we'll, like, we uh, will we will be in the theater on the first day wearing Prodigy underoos. No, I'm sorry, we <laughs> like we'll we'll straight up go Avatar for it. We will go yeah. like on the screening day, the day before. Mm-hmm. We will find the theater that is playing it. Oh yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we take this shit seriously, and we'll be, and we'll have purple body paint on. Oh, uh, yeah, we will with with little like tail doll. tail flangies. Oh man, doll is kind of a navvy, isn't he? He's kind of yeah. a little runt navvy. He does he does look he's, like a navvy. He, yeah, he is very navvy. I never because he also about has like he has shit. kind of like glowing freckles and stuff too. God, so. would I fuck doll? <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a twink, and I think he's eighteen in the show. At least, I mean, he let's was, hope like, so. Like by the end of the season, he might even be nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Doll, run! <laughs> run as fast as you can. I'm gonna catch you by the tail, boy. I'm gonna catch you by that neck tail. Hold that neck. Put a collar on you. But the girl who does uh, the voice of uh, what's her face? What was the name of the of the girl? Gwen. Gwen. The girl who does the voice of Gwen. Uh, she's in um, that show Yellow Jackets. And season, oh yeah, that's doing real. Well. And season two of that's coming out soon. It's pretty good. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. all if right. You, if you need some, uh, need some Gwen to tie <laughs> you over, tied you over. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right. Uh, next, we're going to talk about some some old news. Uh, we're going to go back into some Trek history uh, mm. with with something I actually never knew before. Uh, I I always knew that uh, George Takei was a little bit involved in politics, mm-hmm. especially with like you know like newer gay politics and mm-hmm. like, po- lib posting on um on facebook oh and, yeah and twitter but 
I had to unfollow him at one point. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of people I think about unfollowing on Twitter and stuff because they like lib post way too much. Like who in the Star Trek world lib posts too much for you? Uh, Marina Sirtis did, but I think she deleted her Twitter account. She did, and um, definitely George Takai. Uh huh. Um, who else? Tim Russ. Tim Russ is real bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's real bad. Uh -huh. It's Michael Okuda. Oh really? Yeah, the, I don't find it all. Oh, you should. Like oh, he's man. so he tweets prolifically. He he. Mm. I, I want to say he has like thirty or three hundred thousand tweets or something like that. Oh wow! Like the dude spends all fucking day on Twitter lib posting, and I think he thinks like like he's like a big political. I don't I don't know. I, I think he thinks like people like him for things other than Star Trek. <laughs> it's really weird, man. But he like you should follow him right yeah, now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking him up. No, uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, 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 no, look him up, and I want you to read like the his, his most recent tweets, and we're gonna rate them how lib they are on a, a, a scale of one to ten. Let's see, um, oop, goddamn fingers, Michael Okuda. Anyway, so yeah, well, give me a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> while you're doing that, I'll, I'll read this thing. So, something I found really interesting, uh, diving back into George Takei's political history. In 1986, George Takei began his campaign to become the District 46 California State Assemblyman. This attempt was thwarted before it could really get going as his opponent challenged George being shown on Star Trek uh, reruns, which went against the FCC's fairness doctrine of giving equal time to people. Because of this, George pulled himself out of the running, which I think is a very strange thing, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have the uh, Do you have Michael Okuda's? I do. Do you want his one of his most recent retweet or his most recent tweet? Let's go for just his tweets. Let's see. Bow, bow. Yeah, but I am seeing like, oh, he's retweeting Mueller. She wrote, <laughs> and and the Krasensteins. Uh huh. Oh, Oof. probably Brooklyn Dad. Oh my God! Brooklyn if he Dad. if he did if he did Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dad, Dad. Oh, he'd he be definitely dead to me. he definitely follows Brooklyn Dad. You know he does. Yeah, well, this is the most recent tweet. It seems like every accusation by, by, by the radical Republican right turns out to be a confession, which is pretty true, but yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What the media calls inflation is widespread, insatiable corporate greed. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. Not very libs. Kind of left, but yeah. you know, his, his, his libness. But yeah, but maybe but, maybe it's a lot of his retweets are super lib. They are, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's just like, just like uh, about the um, uh, defending um, Biden having the uh, the <laughs> the document. Oh yeah, no, read that one. Read that one. Oh, that. oh no, is that a retweet or? His, yeah, it's his, a retweet. Oh shit, shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, is it like by Mueller? She wrote Biden. Biden documents not a crime. Pence documents not a crime. Trunk documents crime. Obstruction and intent are the reason, based on available facts. Uh, we love that. <laughs> yeah, Mueller. She wrote the podcast that so, that somehow got like um um got free money from the government mm -hmm. <laughs> to keep operating. <laughs> yeah. This uh, oh he uh, he retweets Jeff Tridick. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I hate that guy. Yeah, like the um, sir, this is a Wendy's dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, well I'm following following you, Michael Akuda. Yeah, you'll you'll get tired of him real fast. I probably will. <laughs> like it, it sucks. It sucks being like I don't know a communist on the internet. Sometimes like yesterday, I posted something about how. Uh, the U.S. gives more weapons specifically to Ukraine than every single other country combined. Mm -hmm. And uh, fuck, a, a bunch of libs just started, like, coming and responding and being like, well, <laughs> obviously it's because we have all these stockpiles of weapons ready to send to them. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, I mean, like, I mean that that brings into question why do we have all of these stockpiles of weapons everywhere around the world? Yeah, we like, have and, and my thing was like calling into question like the military industrial complex and why we spend so much fucking money on the military and some fucking idiot lib who fucking has a PhD it says on his profile was mm -hmm. like 
Well, uh, PhD well, from um, Vi- was it Dwyer University or yeah, probably <laughs> Liberty maybe DeVry University. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was like, well, obviously, because uh, America has uh, almost twice the GDP of uh, of the EU, and I just did a very quick search. And uh, I was like, no, it's literally just 1.4. And then he comes in with his own math, and he's like, well, uh, given the current, uh, you know, uh, exchange rate uh, with the EU, I'm like, no, no, look at just the World re- the World Bank reported numbers from last year. Uh, and, like, he kept on, like, you know, doing, doing the, the fucking circular logic, using not, like, bad faith arguments, just, like, using wrong logic. Yeah. And, like, backpedaling. Uh, I, I eventually had to block him. Cause like I I like laid out my whole thing and I'm like I'm just bringing into question the military industrial complex, why we spend so much money on the military and weapons manufacturers regardless of if we're in peacetime or not, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's not like it's not like it's doing any sort of like public good for the United for yeah. for the people for the citizens so, of the United right. States I mean, that, that so, we're selling these weapons. It's so, not like this yeah. we're selling these weapons and. It's somehow benefiting people besides the, wep- the besides weapons manufacturers, which is the point. <laughs> like that's the it's, thing. it's like you you look at you look at you know peacetime, quote unquote peacetime, mm-hmm. when America is not involved in a direct conflict with anyone else. Mm-hmm. We almost always have some kind of other proxy war going. Oh yeah, and if we can't figure out something to do in that case, then we quote unquote stockpile weapons, mm-hmm. and that's how you get a, a situation like the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Like how fucking tickled pink do you think weapons manufacturers were for the Cold War, right? Yeah, they're just paid for weapons that are <laughs> never going to get used because it's just a big dick measure. Yeah, um, it's, you know, and we did that for the entirety of the eighties. Like, you know, we weren't actually like really involved in any global conflicts mm-hmm. at that point, but somehow all of the weapons manufacturers got richer and richer and richer. Yeah, which has just been like an upward transfer of wealth from our tax dollars to the weapons manufacturers for time yeah. immemorial, I mean, and it's you know, expe- also you know that's the point of like a lot of businesses like just exponential growth no matter what. No, and which is why yeah. we have yeah just like just graveyards full of billion dollar <laughs> fucking uh, uh, um, fighter planes mm-hmm. and uh, you know tanks. And, you know, even, like, you know, with, like, cars, we have just graveyards of unsold cars, you know. Yeah. There's, like, giant graveyards of just Teslas. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, and it's just, like, because, like, like because, like, this, the the mentality that we're just, like, this shark that needs to constantly move and constantly, you know, we need to keep, constantly keep producing, kind of keep producing, and then some money down the line. Unlimited growth. Unlimited growth. Unlimited exponential growth. Unlimited growth. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's the thing that doesn't make sense when you, um you know take into consideration like um living on a planet yeah and something something needs to change yeah because yeah. i mean that's the thing yeah i mean you know you you keep making weapons what what are you going to start thinking like you need to use them <laughs> you know yep. you gotta you gotta use them eventually yeah i mean otherwise they're gonna go bad right yeah but yeah like i don't i, I do love all the defense of just like of sending all these um sending all these we- weapons completely un 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 untraceable weapons mm-hmm. <laughs> to to into the Ukraine where it can just be distributed god knows where until our yeah. neck into into help fund our next proxy war of some and, kind and the thing is like fucking people who are really supporting this literally they they refuse to recognize history we just went through a thing in Afghanistan where the Taliban now is incredibly well armed mm-hmm. you know why yeah, because of weapons because of our weapons that yeah. we left there yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, it's funny watching how like they did get a lot of like um, uh, stuff from us. Like, I, I think like did you, did you see that one thing like uh, how a guy he I guess he donated his truck to somebody and then he saw the Taliban driving. That's that fucking <laughs> rocks. I'm gonna be honest because it, it had it had <laughs> his uh it was a work his work truck <laughs> and it had the um the um his uh, logo on on the side of the door and then he saw it in an ISIS video <laughs> Taliban. He's just like that. Rocks. He's like, what the fuck? And yeah, because it's like so much of our stuff is just yeah. I mean, it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's how it just ends up there. And yeah, I mean, Taliban going strong, mm-hmm. and we just got to move on to the next next Afghanistan, mm-hmm. Ukraine. <laughs> awesome. So uh, let's move on to some cooler news. Mm. Uh, so uh, last week uh, the tr- uh, Trek Talks Two panel happened, which uh, we oh, already cool. talked about a little bit with uh, Kevin Hagman there. 
Uh, but the event ended with a rare appearance of none other than Daddy Archer, Scott oh, Bakula. Yeah, so uh, if you don't know, um, the Enterprise star doesn't do a whole lot of Star Trek conventions or interviews or appearances at all. No, I mean, I think the last thing I ever saw him do appearance in was um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which was that's, a couple years ago. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, did you see that episode? I have not, no. Oh, my God. I, I gotta watch it now, though. It is so fucking good. He sings. Oh, that rocks. And it's it's a... Um, <laughs> it's a uh, um quantum leap episode oh nice where they they quantum leap and they be and they um uh they become black <laughs> so, like every, <laughs> so everyone sees them as being black and they and they track down they find scott bacula and like start asking him questions about the leap and then like um and he's playing himself and he's oh, that's fun. and he's a janitor in a um like a hospital. <laughs> it's so it's so fucking good that's pretty awesome <laughs> Um, so, but, uh, so he doesn't make a whole lot of, uh, public appearances for Trek, but he showed up for his former co-star, John Billingsley, mm. uh, flocks to support the Hollywood food coalition. Uh, oh, nice. touched on some of the same issues covered in last week's, uh, Trek movie interview with Billingsley and offered some hope that he would actually return to the role of Jonathan Archer. Uh, so one of the issues Bakula discussed was how he sees Enterprise cancellation after four seasons due to problems at UPN. He points to the changes at the Viacom-owned network during the 2001 to 2005 era when Enterprise was on the air, affirming his belief that the show uh, would have matched the seven-season run of the three previous Trek series if it had been distributed through syndication, mm. like TNG and Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. saying, quote, uh, had we been syndication, we would have gotten an easy seven, easy breezy, and our numbers were beyond what anyone would have done when we started out, but the nature of network television, it was just a different animal. There were a lot of changes in the hierarchy of not only Paramount, but of the network, and uh, we were at the time kind of an unfortunate time. And yet, I have to say, gratefully, we got four seasons. But yeah, it would have been nice to do more. We certainly had more stories to tell. We have places to go, but it didn't work out. You can't really point a finger at one person or another. There were so many elements to the beginning of UPN and the transition of the terms uh, of UPN President Dan Valentine leaving in 2002, and just people at Paramount left also. A I lot forgot of, that it was on UPN. Yeah, uh, like uh, Voyager. Yeah. Oh. A lot of champions... I, I totally forgot that UPN even existed. Does that still exists today, or did it become something else? That became CW, I think. Eventually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it it came together with like the WB network or something. Mm. CW? I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, cable channels barely exist now anyway. So. It, I think it was network television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Network, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, It was a strange time and volatile time, but we slugged our way through it. And I'm so glad that we got the four years because there was a moment when we were only going to have three, and that would have been a real shame. That would have been. Yeah. Although maybe then they wouldn't have done the fucking finale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, unquote. Uh, one year after Enterprise was canceled, UPN ceased to exist. Uh, the network combined with the WB to form the CW, mm. a joint venture between CBS and Warner Brothers. Only a handful of former UPN shows made the transition to the CW, with Veronica Mars being the sole scripted drama to do so. Mm. Yeah. Um, so when asked if he would follow in the footsteps of Patrick Stewart and other Star Trek veteran actors to return to the role of Jonathan Archer, Bakula was open to the idea. The actor says that if he got a call from executive producer Alex Kurtzman, he would hear him out, saying, quote, I've been doing this too long to ever say no to anybody. I talk to everybody about stuff. So sure. Which is the chattest answer. Oh, yeah. That's like that's such a beautiful himbo answer. He does he does seem like the chillest guy in the world. He does. So, yeah. Like I, I he, like, he can he can take energy. it or leave it. Like yeah, he, he's, he's not hurt. He's like there's no hurt in his soul. Like yeah, he's just yeah. like, you know what? It happens, it happens, man. Yeah, Billingsley, uh like I read his interview from last week and he, he I, there was a little hurt in that, I think. Like mm. it's a real shame and like uh Flocks could come back in a lot of ways. But Yeah, he could. But but yeah, no, that's that that's kind of what he was saying though. But mm. Archer's like, I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not not no. Yeah. <laughs> that's so chill. Uh so he also indicated he is open to following other legacy actors in lending his voice to an animated Trek show, mm. saying, quote, I've done a bunch of animated voiceover work in animation, so I do enjoy it. It just hasn't come across my desk, but I do appreciate being referred to as, quote, legacy 
as opposed to, quote, old Trek. That's very nice. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And you know what? We had a threshold redemption Mm -hmm. with new Trek. We could have an Enterprise redemption. Yeah. I mean, they, they (laughs) they could somehow make the finale of Enterprise good. I don't know how because I'm not a genius, <laughs> but someone might be able to do it. Who knows? So, uh, talking in general about how Star Trek franchise continues to create new shows, uh, Bakula discussed why he still sees the franchise as relevant, saying, "Quote: The reason that it stays relevant, sadly, is that we have most of the same issues that still exist on our planet. Yep. We have not made the jump to figuring out that we're all in this together. That's straight out of the Trek playbook." And we got to settle that on this planet first, and we're a long, long way from that, apparently, judging by how we're living amongst each other. So those stories, they remain relevant and poignant. And however they're parsed out, and all these different incarnations, they're valuable. I've always loved Trek, because you gloss it over with the space stuff, but then you sneak all the hard stuff right through the middle of it. It's a thing of beauty. It still is. Damn. Yeah, dude. See, see, he Scott Bakula understands he, he Star Trek. He gets it. He understands he gets it. Yeah, he understands That's Star why Trek. He was a great captain. Yeah, and he understands Star Trek more than Patrick Stewart. hundred. I'm, I'm going to say it. Like he understands the appeal of Star Trek and why people watch it. Like Patrick Stewart has this idea that it's all space adventure, zip zapping type shit. As you see, like how he's chained, how he how well, the, he th- he thinks it's that, but he also thinks it's a deep psychological drama. Yeah, and it's neither of those things. <laughs> no. I mean. Like it, it can go cursory psychological drama. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like you know the episode after Best of Both Worlds, yeah. where uh, he gets over getting his trauma from the Borg by fighting his brother in the mud. Yeah, I did like that a lot. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like yeah, Bakula, Bakula fucking gets it. No, Bakula fucking gets it. And also, I gotta stress, what a Chad. Yeah, like just the way he says things. Like, it's, like, good writing. Like, yeah. he just, like, chooses his words very wisely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, how he said that without actually making it political political mm-hmm. was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big dick Bacula. Big dick Bacula. I mean, he, he, he obviously <laughs> swings some dick. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a big old thing on no, him. Not only that, I got to say, uh, nicest butt of any of the captains, 100%. You know what? They did do a lot of gratuitous butt shots and, the, and Enterprise. Rightfully so. Yeah. Both, both him and T'Pol amazing i mean Inter- Inter- enterprise was you know, pretty horny just yeah, trip tucker also oh nice, yeah nice oh yeah they made sure that oh yeah they made sure to have like everyone in their skivvies at some point in the ep- yeah. in each episode like they just wanted they're just like this is this is gonna be the horniest fucking star trek fucking even even <laughs> even like the character who they never like got naked flocks is the horniest Flocks motherfucker. did get naked did he yeah i don't remember uh he Flocks. was like walking around nude in his um and his um and uh his and his um in the what episode? Sick, in the sick bay. What episode? I think the episode. Tell me the episode. I need the episode now. <laughs> the epi- Give me the episode. <laughs> the episode. I'm pausing. I'm pausing. <laughs> I'm pausing, and you're gonna find it. For- <laughs> it's, the, it's the episode where um um uh, um the dog was sick, and um Bacula was sleeping in in the sick bay to um to watch to watch uh to watch his dog to make sure he didn't die, and then like and why he was why he was in there like Flocks was just walking around doing weird shit at night, like walking around completely nude and stuff. Yes, yeah, sick. <laughs> sick dog flocks porn is not bringing up anything oh, that I want. Just these Rule Thirty Four drawings of flocks fucking his dying dog. Well, <laughs> wrong way, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, but uh, I would I would love for Archer to come back. Porthos. I was trying to, uh, for some reason, the dog's name was escaping me. Porthos. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You're, you're not a white woman. You, know? yeah. you don't have that kind of memory. Porthos for... was so cute in that show, in that show though. It was a very good dog. Uh, yeah. We, we, yeah, we love all the animals in Star Trek. We love mm-hmm. Porthos, a spot, a... Uh... I, really, yeah, more, more Star Trek uh, officers should have had pets. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like, yeah, all we had was Spot and Porthos. Yeah, like, it would, it would make sense for Picard to have, like, not, not a real, real pet, I mean, but he like had a his bird. Fish. 
Yeah, I guess he had a fish. Yeah, yeah. A, a fish makes sense. Yeah, he had his little aquarium thing. I highly, I, I kind of like don't even count fish because they're just kind of like no ornamental almost. Yeah, they're they're dead eyed. They don't give a fuck about. It. You can't cuddle a fish. No, even a cuddle. You could, fish. but it'd be, be no, for a very short no, while. No, even a cuddlefish, <laughs> which is like very misleading. Yeah, they're all slippery. They're like, I'm like, I'm just trying. It's your namesake. Well, or sorry. <laughs> well, to be yeah. fair, it is C U T T L E. C U D D L E. Don't you don't you go using your words and letters on me, boy? You know I can't read. Motherfucker. God damn you. It's coming at me with that literacy. <laughs> Who do you think you are? No, we need more cute dogs on Star Trek. I mean more cute animals in general. Yeah. But yeah, there was I mean, there was a dog briefly on Voyager. There was a dog on a Q episode. How that dog Oh, it was the it was the dead dog. Right, that her sister that she left behind. Uh, yeah, because mm. she had, she left behind the dogs mm-hmm. or whatever that her boyfriend or roommate or whatever was taking care of. Oh yeah, and didn't Janeway have dogs like in a, in the picture she, of her and her husband? She did. Was yeah. it, was that her husband? I think I'm pretty I, sure. I, I I thought that was like just her like someone who like the relationship was kind of indeterminate with, which is why she was fucking the dude in the holodeck. Yeah, well, I mean, I think she probably accepted that she was going to be. 60 odd years till she got back. So she's just like, you know, she horny that by that point when she started fucking the hologram, it'd been like what? Five years. Yeah. And I, I mean, so <laughs> if everyone just thinks it's okay to fuck the hologram, why did nobody fuck the doctor? The doctor's horny. Yeah, they could have. Doctor's pretty hot. They could have made not being seen. And it, it's weird to me that like the doctor never really gets fucked and data never actually really gets fucked. Like data fucks twice that we know of ever in Star Trek. Yeah. And actually by his own admission twice ever. Yeah. Unless he did something after um you know first contact. Mm. But like Data doesn't fuck and it's like he's in he's a robot on a ship full of like a lot of young attractive people and like no one ever chose to fuck him not impaired. Well, I think um a lot of it was because he didn't really experience any sexual feelings himself, so he never sought it out. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It, that, yeah. that that's exactly why he's perfect for it. Mm. Why, like, oh, it, like a no strings attached type. A hundred. If I was on that ship, mm-hmm. like at least first season data, I would. <laughs> he was twinky enough that I would have fucked him. <laughs> Every season after that, I'm like, no, nah, I'm sorry, you're a little too. Mm. He filled out a little too much. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, not not my bottom <laughs> time. Sorry, buddy. But um, but yeah, like uh, Riker, Riker. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, he, you know, he, it's just like, he just wasn't feeling, I'm sure. So, I mean, you know, he had that girlfriend for a short while. I know. Who wanted, and she, she didn't want to fuck him. She wanted to fuck him. No, but I don't, but no, I don't think he, it was, it wasn't on his side that he didn't want to, cause she was all over him. She was like, she, she wanted him to be, to be her replacement boyfriend. I, I, yeah, but he, she didn't want to fuck him. She did, but she she would have fucked her if she wanted to fuck. I he just didn't experience any. He's so accommodating. He's the yeah. ultimate service bottom. We'll have to go back and watch that. See how it really played out. Yeah, like see because yeah, like I'm because I'm pretty sure she pro she wanted to, but you know uh-huh. it's just like he's just like you know unless he's under the influence of polywater or. Having new skin grafted to his, right. <laughs> or right. he, he human to, flesh grafted. Basically, to him. he has to be high as fuck on something. Yes, in order to fuck, because <laughs> otherwise he's just like not into. He it. just doesn't experience the need or desire so to. So we should. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, so he's kind of like a gray ace then, maybe, mm-hmm. or I don't know exactly what I'd consider uh, data sexually. Hmm. I guess you know it's just kind of like. You know, someone who gets bisexual if they have too much to drink. Yeah, because he's... He, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he has too much poly water or human flesh, he's, he's on a it. Little a- <laughs> I mean, he's like a little bit gray ace. Definitely aromantic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but, the, but then but then EMH, fucking the, uh, the doctor. It's, doctor definitely fucks. I mean, doctor should fuck, but we never see him fucking. Yeah, I mean, he has like... He has that... Um, you know, he does play out like that having a family at one point. Yeah. You know, the hologram family. Yeah. I'm sure he was like balling his hologram wife at some point. But that, I guess, I guess they're the same species. I guess that does yeah. count. It's not like, because if like a human goes into the holodeck and fucks something in there, that's just masturbation. Right? That's just very oh, advanced yeah. masturbation. Yes. 
That's masturbation with so many extra steps. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, like a hologram fucking. It's basically hologram. like an interactive flashlight. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. But like a hologram fucking a hologram, I guess that's a point. Except I feel like when he really like gains sentience, like yeah. by like Doctor Doctor, when we know that he is like a you know full capable of his oh, own creation. And also in the last episode, doesn't it? It shows him. You know, um, he has like a human girlfriend. Oh, I I only watched the last episode once. I'm gonna be uh, honest. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it so much. Because when it does the fl- when it does the one. flash forward, it shows him and he has his mobile emitter on and he has a human girlfriend. So in the in the timeline that does end up happening or the the pre one. Uh the pre one, yeah. Oh, so so maybe he doesn't actually end up having a girlfriend. Oh, but then also uh, uh-huh. in the in the episode where he um, you know, he leaves a part of himself behind in that one planet. And then, like, there's so there's he becomes a, it's a second doctor, mm-hmm. and you know, and like when they have all, like the whole like history of the vo- of Voyager wrong, you know, they should pick them as like these bloodthirsty savages. Remember that episode? Not really, no. Oh, uh, it's so good. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, and they bring they put they put um the doctor mm-hmm. back online seventy odd years after he was left there, mm-hmm. and so then he kind of corrects them on thing and um. And so then he ends up starting his own family and, and then gets his own ship and then start, starts off into the into the um um into space on his own. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And the, and and they at some point also like acknowledged uh holograms as people. And oh, so yeah. like we, to, we, yeah. see, we love hologram rights, don't we? Yeah, he, they got hologram rights. I should rights. make a, like, kind of some kind of hologram right shirt with <laughs> with the doctor on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or like a pro union shirt with like the hologram mine, the EMH mine that they have at the end of Doctor Doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that shit rocks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, you know what? I guess that's a good place to wrap up trick trick news for the week. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. You got anything else to say? Mm, no. Watch some Star Trek. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like shout out to Big Dick Bacula. Right. Right. <laughs> uh. Hey Alexa, show Doctor Flock's sick dog porn. Oh God, I think I think I think that just I think it just dialed nine one one. Oh my God, it says shoot to kill. <laughs> we don't have any dogs here. Trust me. 